We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show, Tuesday, December 19th edition. We've got a big return hitting the NBA tonight. That's right. John Morant back in action for the Memphis Grizzlies. Will it change their fortunes? We're going to break that down. We're going to take a look at the standings as well. Miles Bridges versus Canada. Somehow this is a thing. Plus, we'll talk about the Celtics trade efforts to try to land some bench help. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram and threads at Trevor Lane NBA. Keith Smith joining me at Keith Smith NBA across platforms. Keith, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, it's uh, great that we got Ja coming back. So we'll talk about that a little bit where the Grizzlies are at. Yeah, more good news for the Grizzlies that we're going to get into too, which is it's got to be so welcomed for them. They've just been really put through it this year in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, uh, even beyond the John Morant stuff. Uh, uh, if you see me looking over to the side, it's just because I've got the Geely Showcase on the TV over here. Oh, it's, nice. uh, down the road here in Orlando. So I've been talking to a lot of people. It's cold here. Like, and not just like Orlando cold, like it was down in like the high 30s this morning. Ooh. So, like, I had like, a ton of people in the league landing and they're like, dude, what the hell? Like, why is it so cold here? Like, why is this is Orlando? Like I, like a couple of people were like, I didn't pack a jacket. Like I, I thought, it'd be, what are you doing to me here, man? And I'm like, I, yeah, I don't know what to say. Like it's, it's, it's chilly here uh, today and tomorrow. So it's uh, not, not exactly chamber of commerce weather here in Orlando, but they, well, everybody will make do. Now, somehow, some way that they'll get by, but unfortunately, you're not giving them that winter reprieve that some of those northern teams were uh, were hoping for. Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's get into the thick of it. John Morant returning to action. Um, we talked all about uh, Kenny Lofton Jr. being uh, being waived by the Grizzlies in order to make room for John Morant to return. You think he gets claimed off waivers? I don't know. He's such a specific fit. Yeah. It's it's so difficult for for him to be a fit somewhere. I think he's the kind of guy that somebody brings in to like a like on a two way contract or something like that, and wants them bouncing between the G League and up to their their regular team. I could see a few teams taking taking a shot because he's still an interesting player, but I I think it's more likely that we see a two way situation. Yeah, I'm with you on that too. I think as odd as it may sound, if this was March, maybe like somebody says, yeah, we'll bring him in for the last month. And mm-hmm. kind of you know, run out the string. The ch- one challenge is there's only so many roster spots open around the league right now. There's just not very many, as we saw a couple get filled in the last little bit. And a couple that are open are teams like the Lakers, the the Heat, the Bulls, the Cavs, who are all trying to, in Minnesota, 
or all have tax concerns. So I do think it is uh, more likely than not that, that he probably goes unclaimed. Yeah. I think that's probably what we'll see happen with him, but, uh, but John Morant back, that's going to be a, a yeah. big boost to the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, are they, is this, is this going to be enough for them to, to eventually make a, make a push? I mean, right now, Memphis is sitting. They are the uh, 13th seed in the West, 6 and 19 on the season. Uh, they are seven yeah, and a half. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's half. a lot. That, that's, that's, that's a lot of games. I was yeah. looking like, oh my gosh, they're farther back than I thought. Seven and a half games back behind the 10th seed Phoenix Suns. And think about that. You have to leapfrog the Jazz. Okay, that's one thing. But you have to go, get ahead of the Warriors, the Suns, the Rockets have been playing well. One of those teams has got to really falter. For you to uh, for you to move up, really two right because you're gonna two, pass. Yeah, them. that's true. And then you need another team to fall out. So yeah, so it's it's an uphill battle for sure. Um, you know, Ja is he's great though. So hopefully he hopefully he comes out one. He's coming in just as we're starting to see a lot of teams get nicked up and guys slowing down maybe a little bit. He's just kind of now coming back right mm -hmm. where it might be. He's going to be fresh legs, full go. I expect tonight we may see him play in the beginning of the game. He might be a little out of control, like he shot out of a cannon. Yeah. Sometimes we see that, right? Guy's first game back. Um, but I think he's going to, you know, really inject a bunch of energy into that team. Uh, they just need other guys beyond Desmond Bain who can create offense for, for these guys. Taylor Jenkins said he looks good physically. There's no hard and fast, like minutes restriction. My guess is they're probably not going to be like, play 40 minutes right out of the gate. They kind of need him to because the only other point guard on the roster is Jacob Gilliard, who's a two-way yeah. guy. Because Derrick Rose is out. He's going to be week to week. I don't think we really got into it uh, the other night, but it's he's out for a little bit here. Now, the other part of this good news, might as well get into it now, Marcus Smart yeah. is coming back too uh, probably by the end of the week. Uh, they've got a couple games coming up against the Pacers and Hawks. Uh, I believe that's Thursday and Saturday. And Jenkins said somewhere in that window – He'll be back. Smart's been playing five on five. So that's incredibly good news. So you may see the Grizzlies outside of Steven Adams with kind of the lineup they envisioned for the first time this season uh, with, with, you know, these guys on the floor, you'll have Smart and Bain and Morant and Jaron Jackson, who's obviously great. And then a couple other guys, but to your question, man, I don't know if seven and a half games is a lot. Like if they could have gone two games better, three games better, while Morant was out, I'd feel a lot better about them making up the ground. But that—that's just that—that's really that's just such a big ask. Yeah, agreed. It's a lot of ground for them to make up. Now there is still a good chunk of the season for them to do it, so it's not out of the question. But they do have to really start stringing together wins if they're going to get this done. John Morant is a very, very good player, though. And here's, I guess, the biggest thing. Obviously, Grizzlies fans are going to hope that they that they make the playoffs and and all of that, of course. But from an NBA level. I think the biggest thing that needs to happen here is please stay out of trouble, John Morant. Yes. Let, let's let's stay on the floor. He's one of the bright young stars in the league. Stay on the floor. Let's not have anything else come up. Make make what happened the the rock bottom for John yep. Morant, and and everything is just on the way up from here. Yeah. So 100 with you on that one. That is absolutely what we should all be. That's all we really care about, to be quite honest, for the rest of this Grizzly season, just with where they're at record-wise, is, yeah, let's – John Morant, we never have another issue like this, and this is it. I So looking at it, they've got 57 games left. 
just to get to 500, they'd have to go 35 and 22 the rest of the way. Hmm. Not impossible, right? That's not a, that's, that's a lot. Not crazy, you know, to look at for the, the, the kind of team they've been the last couple of years, but that's a lot. That's just to get you back to 500. They could go, you know, if they can go like 37 and 20, they'll be in the mix, right? So you're, you're basically just now, if I'm Taylor Jenkins though, it's, Hey, let's make up a game a week. That's really all mm-hmm. we got to do. Make up a game a week, and then we're we're going to be back in this thing. That that needs to be your focus the rest of the way. Just you know that that's what we're looking to do. But it doesn't sound that hard, but it's really really hard to to do. So they they they've really put themselves uh, in a spot here. But to your point, let's just get job back. Let's play play ball, and let's you know be be a better team. And quite frankly, the nice thing is this is now another more watchable team uh, out of the yeah. bad teams because they're. They've been kind of a tough watch to get through uh, some nights. For sure. For sure. One thing to note right now, 500 wouldn't even be a playoff team, not even a play-in team. 500 would get you to the 11 seed uh, in the West currently. So um, we'll see what what they can do. But again, welcome back, John Morant. This is going to make the Grizzlies a much more dangerous team. Marcus Smart coming back as well. We'll get a better sense of what the Grizzlies really have, which I think is going to be important for their organization moving forward. All right, let's uh, let's jump over to your Celtics, Keith. They are aggressively targeting bench help. I love that like every day now we're getting a little bit more and a little bit more about the trade front and what everything's going to look like heading into February 8th, what certain teams are wanting, what teams are asking for, all that sort of stuff. But the Celtics, this is now the second time that we've heard they are looking for help off their bench. Is there a specific position that they're trying to fill or, or is this just a, a quality situation? What's your sense here? Yeah, it was interesting because that was kind of, this was put out there by Shams. And one of the things that was like, what are they looking for? And it was, they kind of mentioned, you know, another big or a ball handle or a wing. And it's like, okay, so really so anything. anything. <laughs> I kind of think with Boston, that is kind of it right now. They very realistically, they have about nine guys. I think they're fairly comfortable with playing in their rotation. So if any one of them is out here, kind of a guy short for where you feel like now there's a whole bunch of other teams like, like the Grizzlies. We just talked about it like, oh, boo-hoo for you. Like we're, you know, look, sure. you know us crying, crying a river here. But I think what it really is, is we kind of get into this stuff. It's. And, and I think it was Shams. It might have been Chandler Parsons, but it was one of the two of them. This was on FanDuel's – well, I don't know what the show is called. I, I apologize. I can't remember. The, the, the FanDuel show. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, it's something like that. But it was – um, they, they said the thing is Boston needs somebody to get them through the next few months because by the time he gets to the playoffs, the rotation will cut down to seven or eight guys anyway. So this is not going to be something where – very likely they're not going to make a trade where we're going to be like, oh my God, emergency show and mm-hmm. everything. It's more going to be, okay, that's a nice bench pickup for them. And that guy can do X, Y, and Z and we'll kind of help them. I think a three, four, more four ish type player is probably more what you need. Oddly enough, Grant Williams, right, would be great sure. to to have. And, and I get it. There's Celtics fans who are still bitter because that move was really only about money. But I don't know if you had resigned him. Do you feel good uh, much, much later in the summer about saying, all right, let's go ahead and go get Drew Holiday? Right. Maybe that doesn't happen. And who knows, right? That's that's a whole, you know, you could play the what if stories if you want to. But I think it is in a spot where 
that that's probably what they could use, but really just another guy who could step in and give them rotation minutes. But here's the challenge to get a really good player. You, they have to just from salary matching standpoint, part with another really good player because they just don't have tradable salary. Their starting mm-hmm. five is what it is. And then their next three guys are Horford, Pritchard and Hauser. And why I put them in that order is that's kind of the descending order salary wise, but you're talking 10 million, like 6 million and like 3 million. So that's not that that's not getting you much. And they don't want to trade one of those guys. Cause then you're not really fixing your problem. They do have a $6 million trade exception. They could put together two or three minimum contracts to get a guy that is possible. So there's ways they can get there to be sure. The question is just, is, you know, where are they going to go with this? And that's, that that that's what we'll ultimately see here in you know month and a half to go before the trade deadline. My guess is they'll do something, but it'll probably be something relatively small. Yeah, I mean this is this falls under the category of it ain't broke, don't don't fix it. You know, yeah. don't don't try to make some big huge change to something that largely is working. What you're doing is you are just um, doing some things on the margins just to to give yourself a little bit of a boost. You're not looking to tear anything apart or, or anything. And certainly, you could even if you were to add a significant talent at this point. It could prove to be disruptive. You got to be chemistry can be a fickle thing, so you got to be careful. Sure. Err on the side of caution if you're if you're the Celtics and you're in the position they're in, and uh, and if you're going to make a move, it's probably going to be a, a minor one because I don't think they need a big home run swing, anything like that. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, you do not need to be kind of going all out here no. to you know make this kind of major you know transaction. It just it just isn't there. Like they they don't need it. I mean, I, I get it, Celtics guy you know, pumping the Celtics. I fully get people are going to say that. Just go look at the numbers. Their starting five when it's together has been dominant. If you put Al Horford in with any, in place of any one of those five guys, they are dominant. So when they go to their top six, they are absolutely rolling through teams. And what they know is they can't get somebody so good that it's like, if we lose two of the top six guys, we're going to be that good. Yeah. They, they just need somebody to get them through the last, you know, 55-ish games of the regular season and then kind of go from there. They're on a tough West Coast road trip right now. It's Warriors, Kings, Clippers, Lakers. The Clippers, they actually have uh, – they, they've got two days off in L.A. before they mm-hmm. play the Clippers on a Sunday afternoon game. That's probably going to be a disaster. We just know how that goes for teams in L.A. And then obviously the Lakers on Christmas. Um, or it's Saturday afternoon game, I should say, um, not Sunday for the Clippers. But then they play the Lakers Christmas, and then we'll see you know, where it goes. So this will give us a much better sense. They they're fourteen and zero at home. We'll see how they do in this road stretch here, and then we just kind of kind of move forward from there. All right, let's jump over to the uh, the Rockets, a team that's already kind of putting out um, a little bit, uh, but they're not expected to be super active at the trade deadline. They're going to be focused instead on internal improvement, and I think that's probably the right spot to be in if you're the Rockets. They've had more success than we would have expected, but they shouldn't feel encumbered to to make some big win now. But hey, we're doing a little better than we thought we would have. So let's let's really go for it. Let's cash in some chips and let's go. That's the way you can derail a young team that's on the way up so so quickly by by giving up some of your future assets and making a win now move and if that doesn't work Next thing you know, you don't have those pieces to really sustain something and take you to the next level. So I think the Rockets being a little bit more cautious on the trade front, that is the right approach for them. They're on their way up. There's going to be natural organic growth from within this team. 
And I, I think this is this is the the perfect stance for them to take. Yeah, this team is they are what you kind of look for typical profile of a young team and fully get it. They added friend and lead and Dylan Brooks and Jeff Green. So they added some veterans, but still largely a pretty young yeah. team. And their profile is they are 11 and one at home and two and 10 on the road. So we often see that young teams are usually much better at home than they are on the road. Yeah. And then the other thing is they defend every night. They're really, really good defensively, but their offense is kind of messy. They, they get to the free throw line only an average average amount. They're not a great free throw shooting team when they do get there. Uh, the three point shooting is not so great. They're, they're just overall offensively outside of, they really are taking care of the ball, which you and I've talked about a lot. That was already a major win for their offense. Cause they used to throw the ball away, you know, 25 times in a game would be like, yeah, that's the Rockets. That's what they do sometimes. Now they're like top 10 in turnover rate. So, so they're really doing well as far as how they take care of the ball. So I think just, don't push it, right? Let, yeah. let this be natural. Now, Jalen Green, he's really going through it, man. He's been bad. There's no no real other way to put it. Uh, we wanted to see real growth from him. And I think the prevailing wisdom, at least I know they were thinking this. This was where my head was at. Fred Van Vliet will make the game easier on him. He'll get easier shots, better looks with better talent. And he just hasn't uh, cashed in on those. He still makes shots more difficult on himself than they need to be. So I think this is just a lot of got to break those bad habits with him, get him there. Jabari Smith still wildly inconsistent. So they're good. They're way ahead of where anybody thought they would be, but I think this is the right move for them. Whoa. We don't need to be making the all in big trade right now. Let's, let's kind of let this year play out. Mm -hmm. It'll be where it is. Let's try to stay and play meaningful games into March and the beginning part of April. And if we're fighting for a postseason spot, great. And then we'll kind of go forward from there. Yeah, uh, agreed, one hundred percent. This is what they need to do. All right, let's uh, let's take a peek at the standings and where things are currently, and let's try to figure out what's real and what's not. <laughs> so I guess here's here's the Eastern Conference right now. You've got uh, the playoff teams are the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Magic, the Knicks, and the Cavs. The play-in is the Heat, the Pacers, the Nets. The Raptors, the Atlanta Hawks, right there, tied in terms of games back, uh, and tied in record as well with uh, with the Raptors for that tenth seed. And then you have a game behind them. You've got the Chicago Bulls, and then you've got the teams that I think we can say are probably going to be out out <laughs> soon rather than later. The Hornets, uh, the Wizards, so the nice. the Pistons. Um, uh, Keith, where where do you draw the line in terms of if we're not just looking at playoffs, if we're looking at contenders, is it another year of just being a top three in the East? For real contenders, yes, I think so. And um cautiously not putting Miami in that group, probably to my own detriment once mm -hmm. again. And, you know, if if anybody from the Heat organization is watching this, I'm sure they'll be like, yep, go, go ahead. You do yeah. that. Right. Um, so I have no problem if we want to put the Heat in that mix, too. I think Orlando, New York, Cleveland, they're just not on that level. Uh, Philly, one thing I'll say with them, and we always talk about this, you only play the teams that are put in front of you yeah. when they're put in front of you and they are destroying those teams. So all credit to them for doing what they've done. Schedule is about to start to turn for them a little bit, get a little bit more difficult with some more challenging teams. I mean, it felt like for a month Philly has played Charlotte, Washington, 
Detroit, Chicago, like teams in that group, they actually lost to Chicago last night. So mm. I think we're in a spot with Philly. I want to see when the schedule gets a little stiffer. What does that look like? But to their credit, not only are they beating those bad teams for the most part, they're killing them. Milwaukee's defense stinks. Um, it's just not very good, but their offense is incredible. And then Boston is, you know, for my money right now, you know, the best, second best, third best, wherever you want to put it, they're in that top top tier of teams in the league. Mm-hmm. So that's a long way of saying, yeah, I think so. Maybe Miami squeezes back in there because yeah. let's see how much they care about the regular season. But I think those other teams, Orlando, New York, Cleveland, you want to put Indiana in there, maybe Brooklyn, they're just not on that level. And then forget everybody below that because that 10th playing spot, that last one, somebody's going to stumble into that and wish they had it. Yeah, they're going to they're going to fall backwards into that spot. Exactly. It's going to be like, that's not really where we we'd rather be, you know, a short of the lottery pick than be, you know, in this mess. But, you know, 10 got to go. So somebody's got to be in there. Yeah, Miami tends to get overlooked, and we did it last year too, because we, we yeah. saw we talked about there being three main teams at the top of the East. But still, I mean, I don't know. Like maybe my like at some point, I, and I, I was the one who picked against Miami in literally every series, and I wasn't correct until the finals. Um, so uh, maybe this is foolish, but I just don't see them as being on the same level as uh, as those top three in the in the East. And again, maybe I'll be proven wrong and it'll be a really exciting postseason again, but I think it's another year of, of the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, which uh, again, we'll find out more about the Sixers. But so far, the Sixers this season have been much more firmly in that group of contenders than we would have predicted last summer. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, I mean, all the way up to the start of the season, right? We were, Mm -hmm. eh, I don't know about Philly, let's keep them a tear down. It really... And it's not just, it wasn't just you and I, it was just about everybody. It was like, this is probably like a two horse race. Right. Yeah. And, and then I think the team, a lot of people like that has really not played well is Cleveland. I think a lot of people thought Cleveland would be a little bit higher in this and they're, yep. they, they've stumbled now. They've won a couple in a row, which good, good for them, but they don't have Garland. They don't have Mobley for at least a month. I'm probably talking in the beginning part of February before we'll see those two guys again. So that's that's a challenge for them. So now, now if you're 
you're the Cavs, you're fighting. All right, well, we got to fight the Heat. Stay out of it. The Pacers, great in the in-season tournament. They've just been kind of eh, since, you know, outside of that. They have not really yeah. played well. They don't play any defense, like none at all. It, 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 the funniest thing I saw today, um, a media outlet put out, you know, Indiana Pacers, you know, greatest offense on, you know, of all time, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like they lost last night by 24 points and gave up 151. Yeah. Like totally fair. Let's give them their credit for props for how good they are offensively, but maybe let's do it tomorrow. Like we don't need to do it the day after they let up 151 points in regulation and lost. So yeah. And then the Nets, they're, the Nets are kind of what I think we thought they'd be after the Kevin Durant trade last year felt a little off with the Nets because they had already stacked all those wins before they made the trade. So that kind of put them in a better spot record-wise than mm-hmm. they were at. And then Orlando, I think they have staying power in the top six because yep. they defend. They, they really do defend. And it feels like there's a trade in there if they need to make it. They're, again, kind of that young team profile. They're really good at home. They're, you know, average, a little below average on the road, which is better than being really good and then terrible on the road. So, yeah, I think it's tough. Last thing I'll say with that top three. This is where it starts to become kind of important, even though we've got still two-thirds of the regular season to go. You got to start thinking about we really want to be a, be the one seed. And not the then we don't three. have to play both Milwaukee and Philly. Yeah, Because whoever you are out of that three, you don't want to have to play both the other two teams. To you want to get Orlando, New York, maybe exactly. it's Miami. Who are, you want somebody like that from the four yeah. seed? Sure. Yeah, I can definitely and see that. The heater like, yes, you want us. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Keep telling us that, right? Um, I think, look, I think we both know, we've both been doing this for long enough to know that Orlando is not the kind of team that has playoff success now. And that's perfectly okay. That's totally fine with where they're at in their development. This is the kind of team that now they get themselves into the mix. Now they're turning heads. People are going to start paying attention to them. They get to the postseason. They probably are going to lose in maybe the first round. Maybe it's the second round, something like that. But they're going to get valuable experience. Next year, they're going to be that team that nobody wants to have to deal with. They're going to make a few more improvements, and, and off they go. Uh, this is just historically not the year for a team like Orlando to, to make that big run. And there's nothing wrong with that. So that's yep. why I'm not predicting them to be, be part of this, even though they've been really, really good this season. They've been one of the more fun stories. This is just typically not the year that this that, that type of team makes that true playoff leap that comes next year, the year after that, somewhere in, in that range. Yeah. They're this year's Cavaliers, right? Yeah. Like what the Cavs were a year ago, like that, that's what they are. They're, they're playing really, really well. Again, much like the Cavs built on defense, their, their defense keeps them in every single game. And then their offenses have been improved enough to go. And yeah, I'm with you on that spot on. I think that's perfect analysis for where it is. And that's, and we're going to get people who are going to be like, huh, the Magic won 50 games or whatever it will work out to be yeah. at the end of the regular season. And we're going to say the exact same thing. Playoffs is, are a different animal. Prove us wrong in the playoffs, right? We'll, we will come back here and tell you we were wrong. We are very good and very open to that. But just to your point, we've seen this story before and we go there. Want to take a look at the West? Let's do it. Okay, the West, as everyone expected, the Minnesota Timberwolves as the as the one seed, the <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder as the as the two, the Nuggets sitting as the uh, as the three, the Kings at the four, the Mavs at the five, the Clippers six, the Pelicans seven, 
the Lakers eight, Rockets nine, Suns 10, the Warriors somehow are sitting at 11, Utah is at 12, the Grizzlies are at 13, the Blazers and the Spurs, they're, I, I, I put Memphis in a different category than the Blazers and the Spurs right. because when they're healthy, they're, they're a team that can go. Um, this is a damn mess. I don't, I mean, there's the East, you go, okay, it's one, two, three, and then maybe the Heat get into the mix. Who the hell knows who's going to come yeah. out of the other West? I mean, I'm pretty confident Denver is going to be a really difficult team to deal with, um, especially when they're, when they're healthy. Right now, they're sitting in the three seed. I don't think they particularly care that much. Minnesota has proven themselves this season. Anthony Edwards is making the leap. Their defense has been great. Uh, the Thunder have really stepped forward with Chet Holmgren. He, maybe he's the rookie of the year. At this I point, he, is. he yeah. probably is, despite all the hype for, for Wemby. Sacramento is still, I mean, and then the Clippers maybe over the last 10 games have maybe been playing the best basketball of any team in, in the league, potentially. I mean, they're, they've been excellent over the last, they're on an eight game winning streak right now. So who knows what's going to happen here? Like, I, I guess I should just ask you because I'm, I'm just mired in this muck of the Western conference. Where do you draw the line? Yeah, I like, I I don't want to be disrespectful to the Rockets. I just think they're going to fall out. I just yeah, that's I fair. think at some point it may be the end of March before it happens, but I just have a hard time seeing the Warriors not figuring this out and getting there. The Warriors, I've said it over and over, but it's worth repeating. I will be a year too late on the Warriors. Like I will believe in them until a year past when I probably should have. Mm-hmm. So that's that's it. You switch the you know b- bump the Sons of Warriors up, Rockets down. That's my group. The order, I don't know. Like I no no clue. I feel really confident in Denver as long yeah. as they're a top four seed. I don't think you want to be fifth and have to go on the road every round in the playoffs, especially with how good of a home team they are and how good that home court advantage is for them. I I so. But if they're two or three, fine. I, I'm not worried about them at all, especially if it sticks to be some of the teams in front of them, like Timberwolves, Thunder, Kings. Uh, mm-hmm. They're just not necessarily the Nuggets, right? Because the Nuggets are that good, right? As a champion. I was going to say a championship contender, but let's just say as the champions, right? Yeah, the reigning champs, sure. So they are the reigning champs. So, yeah, uh, Minnesota's great. They defend every single night. You know, best defense in the league for my money. So, right yeah yeah I mean, it's hard to not believe in them they've got got enough offense uh and, and even when their offense gets a little sideways they defend so well the thunder i feel like are this is probably a year early for them to be this good mm-hmm. but you also could say but they can go get almost whatever they need yeah right if they decide it's time to go get it's time to stop messing around with four smalls around chat and get one more real forward in the mix they could go get it Right, they could go do that if they mm-hmm. want to. Just they have the picks, they have the tradable salaries, they, they can get there. I put it on Twitter last night after they dropped 151 points and won on the road by 24. I'm there again on the Clippers. I'm you know, I'm ready to get hurt again. I said this on the show yesterday too. I just feel like Ty Lu. Tell me if I'm off on this. I feel like Ty Lu might have been like, I'm done playing with feelings. If your feelings are going to be hurt. You sit on the bench and I don't really care. Like yeah. I'm over it. I'm going to play the guys. I think that will win games and that's going to be how it is. And then he just, he's kind of put guys out there and trust those lineups. Those lineups with Norman Powell in them are so good. Yeah. Uh, 
I feel like they need one more big maybe, and they've got some tradable contracts that they could probably go get it if they need. I kind of keep thinking about them. Could they be, if it'd be a little hard to get there contractually, could they be a really kind of sneaky, fun John Collins team? Because we oh, know be. tax bill, who cares? They don't care about right? it. Yeah. Throw it on top. It doesn't really matter. Um, you, it would involve Tucker, but Tucker's very easily tradable because they don't really care about the salary, right? And then or, if you're the or jazz, about you, him. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, he's not happy exactly. and they're like, whatever. Yeah. Yep. So then you just, then if you're the Jazz, if you get PJ Tucker, either you turn into a three teamer and reroute him mm-hmm. to another team and wants him, or you just buy him out and wave him and move on and be done. So Pelican's a little harder to believe in. Zion is not looking great in some phases of the game, but when they're healthy, they're tough. The Lakers are going to be there. My one worry with the Lakers, I just feel like we're it's going to come at some point that AD or LeBron misses three weeks. Yeah. I, I'm not hoping for it. It's just history tells us that's going to happen. Do they have enough to get through that when that and, happens? You know. So and the hope is because they've they basically had injuries to. Everyone, Everybody. like every everyone else, has been injured for the bulk of the season at this point. Yeah. Um, the question is, are you going to continue to have everybody else be hurt at the same time? Yeah, and then you lose LeBron. Then, I mean, then you're in big, big trouble. Yeah, but you're going to need everybody else healthy if you if you lose LeBron, if you lose AD. I think that's a I, honestly, I think they need a trade before the deadline. Um, to to kind of fix up a few things, but I think they can be right there, and we saw them really turn it up during the in season tournament. Um, mm-hmm. what about? Phoenix. Yeah. I Phoenix is hard because you keep kind of saying with Phoenix is, well, I got to see it with their guys all there, but we're a third of the the season and we haven't seen it. So at some point I'm just going to, man, that's fine. Maybe we will, but I'm not going to count on it. Like I just don't know because, and we talked about this a couple of times too. Booker's missed some time. Beal's missed a lot of time. KD really hasn't, and KD is another guy. We know there's probably going to be something that takes him out for two or three weeks, mm-hmm. and then you're going to be you know, in some trouble if you're the Suns. I, it, it's 1-1-A with him and Booker, who's the, the most irreplaceable guy on that team because Booker does does so much for them. But you lose KD, like you don't really have anybody who can do what he does either, so that's you – know, you're, you're going to be in a lot of trouble if you're Phoenix if you lose that. You're going to have to go – to be a very kind of completely different team if you lose KD for a little bit. And I feel like you're probably going to lose KD for a little bit at some point. Yeah. Just it's happened every year for the past few years. So, yeah, to go back to the Lakers real quick, yeah, I think, too, I don't want to belabor this point because I know you've talked about it on Lakers Nation and people can go watch it there. But everything is set up for them to have one more big trade in them at some point whether yeah. that's right now it's trade deadline, whether that's next summer, but they've got one more big trade in them. They they set these contracts up, especially D'Angelo Russell. No one's ever going to come out and admit it, but they probably gave him a little bit, bit of extra money to get him to waive the no trade clause mm-hmm. with the idea of, hey, you're going to get more money, but we may need to put you in a trade at some point. And hey, all's fair in love and war, right? You paid me more. So if you want to trade me, sure, go, go nuts. Uh, Chamorro's deal is pretty tradable. I mean, yep. they really had to. They could move Austin Reeves. We know they don't want to, but you you could if you needed to get there. Even Gabe Vincent, he's now tradable too, right? That's another contract yep. you could throw in if you're just like, oh, we thought it would work. It's not going to work. There's $10 million of tradable salary. Let's go. So, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know what it is. It's I can tell you, it's not going to be Kyrie Irving 
like a lot of people thought for a long time because he's played great with Dallas and Dallas yeah. has been pretty good. So that's not going to be a thing I'm fairly certain of. Uh, so then it starts to be, is Zach Levine the right guy? Do you hold out and wait till, could you maybe make a move on Donovan Mitchell and try to make something like that happen? The only reason I'm throwing those two guys out there is their names have been mentioned. Just names that have been around, yeah. But there'll be other guys that make roughly what those two guys make that will become available. And that's that's the one thing with the Lakers where it could be, all right, we lost LeBron, but we still have a trade we can make. Or we lost yeah. AD for a month. We've got a trade we can make. We can go get something done that we didn't think we'd do otherwise. Uh, we didn't really – we kind of skipped right past them. The Kings are playing really good. Yeah, they are. They'll play really, really good ball. They're kind of – Back to starting to really pick up the offensive pace again with that. Darren Fox is, you know, he's full blown superstar now. Like that's just who he is. Egan Murray is, you know, shooting the leather off the ball. Yeah. So, you know, he's been really, really good. So, yeah, man, this is just it's 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 maybe not as good of records as we thought mm-hmm. necessarily, but the conference is still super deep and super competitive, and it's going to be hard to to get through it. Where I where I can't draw a line with the teams, but where I draw the line, being that top six, you do not want to be messing around in the play-in. No, uh, I I get it. I know the Lakers went through it, and the Lakers made that run. So did the Heat. We're not going to see that be a thing. That's not. not yeah, that's not an outlier. Super deep playoff runs. You may make it through and win a round, but you're not winning two, three rounds. You know, that's just not going to be a thing. It's just too hard. If it's um, going to happen, it's going to be a situation like the West where there's a yeah. lot of parity, where it's very, very close. But even yeah. so, you wouldn't bet on that happening in consecutive years. Also, I like I thought you know the Lakers kind of ran out of gas last year. Part mm-hmm. of that was probably having to go through the play. Like there's something to that too. Yeah. So yeah, you, you definitely don't want to be you want to be in the top six. Of, Three months take, of holding down turbo foot off the gas. Exactly because we were in such a hole. Right, they're kind of they were even better shape but that's kind of where memphis is like memphis is going to have to play 100 miles an hour all the way through no rest games no nothing just to get there and then what are they going to even have left could they get through the play in and upset the wolves or the thunder in the first round sure yeah i mean maybe right it's you know you're in the floor if you get if you get to that point that means john morant was probably incredible desmond bain is incredible so you're feeling pretty good about yeah maybe we could win a round but win two three rounds that that's that's probably too much yeah yeah that's asking a lot yeah. all right well bottom line the west is a mess the east we have an idea of who of, of what's real what's not there um, we didn't talk about the bad teams we'll we'll, no. we'll, we'll but this is about we'll who's spend time on them at some point this was just a check sure. on kind of who who do we feel is real so let me ask you in the west mm-hmm. who so we went over it in the east right we said boston milwaukee philly who are your contenders in the West right now, December 19th, knowing this could change drastically? Minnesota, OKC, I think could definitely make it through. Denver, I think, would be the would be the one I'm the most confident in. But if you told me Denver or the field, I would bet the field heavily. Okay. Because there's so many, there's just so much talent in the West. Um the uh, the Kings can uh, the Kings are there Dallas so you 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 want to pick against Luca and Kyrie <laughs> just gonna it's, name every team it's all of them like honestly any of these teams could beat any of these teams that's that's the how ridiculous the Western Conference is anybody can beat anybody and that's what I think it's going to make for a hellacious playoffs it's going to be a lot of fun like it's hard to say well these three teams are the are the contenders 
Because I could see the Clippers taking out the Thunder. I could see that going the other way. I could see any of those teams taking out the Nuggets if if Jamal Murray's not red hot shooting the sure. ball. You know, like there are there's real chances here for any of these teams to make a run. Phoenix KD goes nuclear. Absolutely, they could they could beat somebody. Like there's so many there's so much parity here. It's um it's hard to just knock anybody out altogether. Now again though, like I think part of it too was this. Going into the season, we would have said, okay, Minnesota, OKC, they were kind of bottom rung play-in teams last year. Maybe they're not quite ready to make that leap. No, they're one and two. Yeah. So it's not even like those would have been kind of the teams you would gravitate towards. It's like, okay, maybe they're not quite ready, but um, but now they're showing that they are. So it's kind of a cop-out, but man, it's it's all of them. Like I think I'm more. I think I guess it's easier to say the teams I'm the least sold on, and that's probably the Pelicans, the Rockets, and I think the Warriors. I think they're they're they've been bad enough to where there's a, there's reason to worry. So I think those three I would put below, and, and I guess the Suns surely should be in that mix too because of the injuries and things like that. But um, yeah, everybody else I feel like could could make a real run here. So I'm gonna give you my list is it's a little smaller than yours. Not by drastic amounts. Denver, 100%, the team I feel best mm-hmm. about in the West. I think then, I can't believe I'm doing this again, but it's the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, like, everything has come together for them right now. They look really, really good. And obviously, injuries can ruin anything for anybody. And maybe for some teams, we should feel more like they will ruin them for others. I still believe in the Lakers because the talent is there. There's, Definitely potential make a trade. I'm not out on the Suns. I just, I, I can't yeah. beat yet. Then after that, Minnesota and Dallas are probably the other two teams. Just Minnesota, the way they defend. Like, I just feel like they're going to be really tough. And then Dallas is mm-hmm. going to go into most series feeling like we have two of the best three, four, five guys on the floor against just about any because they have Luke and Kyrie. And we know oftentimes a playoff series comes down to can you create offense at the end of a tight game? Yep. We know the Mavs can't. So those are kind of my teams, um, you know, right right now. But, you know, we're a third of the way through the season in that there's that many teams and it's this much, this much up in the air. That's awesome, right? Because that just means we're in for, you know, months of really good, fun basketball. And here's the thing, too. I wouldn't count out that the Wolves don't go on like a four-game losing streak and now all of a sudden they're right back to the pack. Sure. in the West. Like that could certainly happen there. They don't have the cachet where it's like, all right, you know, they're at the top. Cause we all, oh, that's where everybody thought they'd be like, that's yeah. At some point that will look dumb and we'll be like, all right, we should just, all right, there's two games left and they're five games up. I think I could count on them finishing first. Like yeah. at that point, like, yeah, obviously, but like, yeah, there, there's a point where it's like, all right, you know, you buy in, but I, I'm, I'm not fully, fully there yet. I guess it was interesting when you said you'd heavily bet the field on the Nuggets. It's probably it would probably be the right move just because if an injury happens, like Denver could fall apart. Yeah. I just if if we took we could literally turn injuries off today. Someday that'll be a real feature we could do. But if we could, it'd be like I would pick Denver over everybody else. Yeah, that, that would push things in Denver's favor. I, I just look at Denver, I think I think about how healthy they were last season especially yeah. for their their postseason run yeah. I, that's hard to do twice in a row that's hard to sure. do three times you know so uh, that's that's something that i look at with them yeah you turn off if you just said everybody's totally healthy yeah, yeah that, that definitely pushes pushes denver up 
And we wish just that. Yes, hope. I hope everybody is, is totally. <laughs> we get to see great basketball all the way throughout. That would be excellent. All right. Well, it was a fun day. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, make sure you guys are subscribing to the channel. If anybody who's new, subscribe to the channel. Don't forget to turn on notifications. And of course, find us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify for the audio version of the show. Thanks, We're going to have some fun this Friday, right? We'll do uh, oh, yeah. front office Friday, but we'll also probably do do our annual Christmas show. We'll give out some gifts. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. And that around taking questions from everybody. So we'll have a, have a little bit of fun. Uh, we could tell you with all certainty, there will not be a show next Monday, uh, mostly because there's games on all day, you know, and Christmas and whatever family time, whatever, whatever you know, whatever that other stuff, the, that the, the other stuff that's yeah. going, the peripheral exactly. stuff that's going yeah. on that day, be like paper on the floor and toys and stuff. I don't know, but I'm so fortunate. My yeah. wife does not watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> Mine hears everything I say, but she's like, I already gave up on Christmas being anything, but a basketball holiday years ago. So <laughs> it's just you know, where it is, but yeah, it's, but we won't do a show that day, but we'll come back and catch everybody up mm-hmm. you know, later in the week. All right. And so everybody, make sure you do subscribe. And uh, until next time, see ya and stay safe. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.